where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Well, the Blues got things going today with their first training camp practice. Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Saltzer, it's Fast on 101 ESPN, and joining us to talk about the Blues is the uh, play-by-play man. For your St. Louis Blues, right here on the Blues Radio Network, one on one ESPN. He is Chris Kerber. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you guys today? Are you have you been have you been on like cloud nine all day today, Kerbs? With their their actual being hockey being played uh, in anticipation for the new season. Yeah, it's a little reminder how close it is, how much work you got to get going with us. Uh, you know, broadcasting the doubleheader uh, over the weekend on Saturday, which is good. And, uh, but yeah, it was it, it was great to see and uh, go into the room and talk to some guys and kind of get a feel for you know the excitement that they have right now and that really pumps you up. Curbs, a lot is being talked about with this roster and Army on record today saying that there's you know active competition for roster spots from a sense of within the group more so than outsiders coming in. But there are certain guys like Nick Ritchie, who's outsider looking in right now, looking for a roster spot. In your opinion, you know how much competition do you think there truly is? I think there is legit competition, in my opinion, for I think I think three forwards and two defensemen. Uh, the, the way I look at it, because as much as you want to say, and by the way, what Army said to the media today. He said pretty much the exact same thing to the players in the player meeting last night. So, you know, it's the one thing about Doug Armstrong. He doesn't mince words to anybody, and he wants to see competition. And and I talked to Jake Neighbors about just even the intensity of day one today. But if if you really look at the numbers, you know, our Army can say, okay, look, the top six is is set. Okay, well, does that mean does that mean Braden Shen's on the wing in the top six and Kevin Hayes is in the middle? Because if Braden Shen's in the middle, then the centerman on the third line with Kevin Hayes is set, right? Um, and and there are some things along those lines. I think where the competition is going to come is a guy like Nick Ritchie comes in, scoring 13 goals last year, will is a prototypical fourth line four checker like Craig Berube wants and needs, right? So does Mackenzie McEachern let Nick Ritchie take his spot? Does Alexi Torapchenko? fight his way into the top nine? Does he stay on the fourth line? What happens there? Like, there's going to be some competition. And I do think in the end, in the end, there may be a player or two that are on one-way contracts that think, okay, this is great. I got a one-way contract that still could find themselves on waivers and and potentially in the minors. Curbs, 
Jamie was talking about this yesterday. I found it interesting because Jamie was talking about uh, some some of the comments maybe made by uh, Doug Armstrong about you know last year when this team had a lot of guys on expiring contracts, it, it may have led to some of the issues that we saw. Maybe not early on, but as the season start to wore on, you know, wore on, uh, wear on that the you know guys playing on one of your one of your deals, they start thinking about okay, well, you know, I'm still about the team, but. I also need to get my points so that you know I get a contract in the off season. What What are your thoughts on that? I think that there is something to it. I get the sense in talking to both Doug and talking to Craig Baruby about this that in the end, when they did their full assessment and kind of entire debrief of the season, was that the only factor for the way the season you know uh, unwound? No. Was it a factor in the end? I think in the end that they've decided that yes, it was, and and the, I mean the way the comment was made to, to me was we might have underestimated that impact a little too much, you know, and, and because in the end, you know, remember how that season started, and you know they're trying to get Robert Thomas more playing time, and Ryan O'Reilly's not getting it, but then the, not getting some of that ice time, but then the turnaround and the, to get back to 500 happened when they gave Ryan O'Reilly that ice time. There, the, the roles never truly got defined last year. And that's an unsettling thing, I think, for a player that's on an expiring contract, especially if they're thinking, hey, this is my last one, and it could be five to six or whatever. Um, I, I, think, I think this year the fascinating part to, to me, Anthony, is going to be you still have some scenarios like that. Now it's not to a Ryan O'Reilly and to a Vladimir Tarasenko and to an Ivan Barbashev, but it is to a Sammy – or oh, I keep saying Sammy Cap, and that was his dad. It is – it is to Kasperi Kapanen. It, it is to uh, to Jacob Barana, and uh, and we are going to figure out decide whether or not we're saying Jacob or Yakub yet. We're, we're going to ask him to get that one settled. But the the, the point is, is I, I think Craig Berube also said, look, one of the things he learned, and Jim, you were in that meeting when we asked him about this. You know, one of the things he learned is he might handle some things differently, and he didn't want to get into specifics in terms of exactly what. I do think that one of the areas he was talking about was. Hey, look, I'm, I'm not going to worry about players' feelings too much. If somebody's not performing, I'm going to handle it a certain way, and I don't care if people get mad at me. And and I think that we will see whether or not, like as, as this season rolls on, successful or not, we'll see which exactly of those lessons uh, you know were learned from that scenario last year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and curves, we do. I don't know if we have it on uh, like direct record. But Jacob Verana did cut a spot for us here at 101 ESPN, okay. and he called himself Jacob Verana. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that's key. You know, I'm going to lean that way. Yep. I know talking to him last year, he did say that uh, everybody calls him Jacob. He likes Jacob, but, you know, the real pronunciation is Yaku, but nobody calls him that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're going to end up sticking to Jacob. Curbs, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, another storyline for this club uh, this season is where does Scott Perunovich fit in? And obviously with Tory Krug going down with an injury, it looked like there would be a window for Scott Perunovich to kind of get maybe more of a look in a lot of situations that Tory Krug would play. Krug back out on the ice today. Army says that that's come along really well. In your opinion, is there a scenario for an extended period of time where you could see Perunovich and Krug in the lineup at the same time? It's it's hard for me to see that. It's hard for me to see that when you've got more size in Callie Rosen, you've got more size in Tyler Tucker, 
and and Robert Bortuzzo. So I just my initial gut, Jamie. I mean, and this is one you really wish you had the crystal ball on, right? And and I did shake, you know, my daughter's magic eight ball the other night on this one, and it didn't help you. It, <laughs> it said ask me. It said ask me later, right? Of course, it did. Yeah, yeah. Perfect answer. Try again yeah. later. So, but but I think it, the, the the challenge is is if you're going to assume that the top four D are set, and the top four D being Letty, Krug, Falk, and Pareko, okay, you've got Scandella in there, okay, as a as a as a number five. That leaves you with Fortuzo, Tucker, Rosen, Perunovic, all battling for number six. Now, as you well know, injuries tend to sort this self out, and most NHL teams seem to use nine, maybe ten defensemen at any given year. So there will be opportunity, but how much of that opportunity is there may truly depend on the health of those other defensemen, number one, or a move made by Doug Armstrong that opens up a spot. And, and I'm not convinced that a, a move defensively isn't going to be necessary just because of the one-way contracts and how many defensemen they've got. I, I think they need to have the youthful toughness and, you know, maybe a little cockeyed look every now and then of Tyler Tucker in that lineup. Um, you know, Perunovic is a power play player, you know, that, that has to be a quick puck-moving defenseman. Um, and he's such a such a, a nice young man and a good, loyal Loyal, you know, individual. The hockey smarts are there, obviously, having won a Hobie Baker. It's just he's going to have to really fight hard to get that chance and then still may need a little luck on top of it. That that one's a really hard one to handicap. Curbs, are you ready to, to do – you mentioned this before. Are you ready to, to, to call the two games there, game one pregame 12, uh, game two pregame 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN uh, on on yeah. Saturday? I mean, this, this is going to be – this is going to be fun, or Sunday, I should say. Yeah, this this is this is actually kind of cool because it, it hasn't been done in the you know in, in the history of the franchise here. So with the split squad game, the two o'clock game here in St. Louis, and then the seven o'clock game in Wichita, uh, Joey and I are staying behind and doing the first game. Alex Ferrario is going to do yeoman's duty. He's hosting pregame, right? Uh, we're going to bridge the gap with more hockey talk. So it'll be basically from one o'clock all the way through the second game, straight hockey on on one hundred and one ESPN, and then Andy Zilch, a St. Louisan, that's called about 10 years of minor league hockey. Andy's going to do play-by-play of the game from Wichita. Matt Lashoff is going to be the analyst for that game. And uh, it'll, it'll be fun listening to those two work together. So a hockey doubleheader on Saturday for, to kick off the preseason, I think, is pretty pretty doggone cool and is exactly why, you know, we, we, we are on 101 ESPN because of those opportunities and why extending that deal with them for five years was so important to, uh, to both sides. It's it, 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 I think it just does a great service to the hockey fans in St. Louis. Curbs, lastly, uh, Blues and Brews tomorrow night. I We're excited. Fastlane's going to be down there broadcasting from 2 to 6, and then obviously all the festivities to follow. Uh, for any of the listeners right now who haven't purchased a ticket yet, and what can they look forward to seeing tomorrow night? Yeah, go to stlouisblues.com, get your tickets for this. They're only 20 bucks. Get a free Bud Light or bottle of water, uh, you know, with that, uh, there's giveaways of T-shirts, some hats, and other things. It's just going to be a celebration. It's, uh, fans may remember the icebreaker events that we've done at, at Ballpark Village, and, and this is going to be that. Uh, you know, it, There's a, a ton of people already coming. The parking is easy. The backdrop is going to be the brewery, which is just fantastic. Bud Light's a, a fantastic sponsor of this. Uh, we'll have Marquise Knox playing. In between Marquise Knox and Chris Lane, 
a country artist. Uh, we're going to be on stage uh, introducing some of the, uh, well, uh, Bernie Federico is going to present Kevin Hayes with his first official blues jersey. That great tradition we started about six or seven years ago with Bobby Plager when he gave it to Paul Stastny and Ben Bishop. And then uh, and, and we'll have you, we'll have Jordan Bennington and Craig Berube, Braden Shen, and, and others uh, on stage as we entertain in between the musical. It's really just going to be a hockey party of music and blues and brews at the same time and uh, and a great way to kick off uh, the start of camp and head into the regular season. I already say, you're, you're already in midseason form, Curbs, because you, you did the, the, the double, the triple B there, and you just kept going. Blues, brews. Yeah, I had to keep track in my head. Something. That was harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Curbs. Well done. We'll see you, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. See you tomorrow night. All right. That's Chris Kerber here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN.